everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Nosebleeds podcast. That's K-N-O-W-S Bleeds because we know what we're talking about, but we sit up in the nosebleeds because we broke. My name is Brandy Flores and I have my co-host with me. It's your boy. What's up, y'all? It's Kush. And today, and you know, our podcast is basically going to be about, you know, sports, things that are going on in sports because I like sports. Do you like sports? Yeah, sports. Okay, now the first thing I think we need to touch on or that we're going to touch on is the travesty. That is currently the Lakers organization. Kush, do you think that they have a chance of making it into the playoffs this year? I do not think they will make the playoffs this year. Originally, at the beginning of the season, I had them winning about 45 to 50 games. And that was even that was during the stretch of LeBron's, uh, before LeBron got injured. And then LeBron got injured, mm-hmm. and it's ever, everything's been downhill since then. But right now they're sitting three games behind the San Antonio Spurs for that eighth seed. And they do have one of the toughest records remaining in the NBA season. So I do not see him making the playoffs. I 100%. Oh, Kush's mom is texting him. (laughs) They have called out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, but I agree with you. I do think that. The, I don't think they're going to make it to the playoffs either. Uh, they have a uh, Their rating just said that they have a 2.9% chance of making it into the playoffs now and that they have a better chance of getting a top 10 pick in the draft. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, you, you think having LeBron on your team, which they, before LeBron got injured, that's what it still s- seemed like, that having LeBron on your team instantly make you a playoff team and pass the first round and – shit even maybe to the western conference finals now even after okay so it's kind of like a mountain they're kind of they're on a roller coaster right now but the roller coaster's now up that downhill slope and it just keep going down so we're kind of waiting for that end where it could maybe kick up a little bit but what i think i think even when when lebron got injured that they might have had a chance but then you know rondo was out and then now lonzo was out so it's just all going downhill downhill here for them, but I also think that they relied too much on LeBron. Like, yes, LeBron is one of the greatest basketball players ever, and you have him on your team. Yes, you do think that you're going to make the playoffs, but you can't really rely on him too much because then look what happened. Then, like, you know, yeah, you have no one. Yeah, and I, I think their locker room is going all crazy right now. They have compl- players from on completely different ends of the spectrums. You have youngsters that are still getting adjusted to this league, and on the other side you have veteran Crazy characters like Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley, who was there, isn't there anymore. Um, so, yeah, and, and these last couple games that they've lost against the Grizzlies, against the Hawks, and against the Pelicans without Anthony Davis. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Also, Luke Walton's rotation, he needs to do a better job. I think uh, Luke Walton needs to do a better job overall. Like, this is pretty terrible. Like, you can't pull up your team after that. I know, like, after, after – well – the game after the, and the whole trade rumors went around, they were going to practically trade the whole team for Anthony Davis, which I think would have never happened. There's no way the Lakers would have given all that up for Anthony Davis. Oh, I think it would, it, they were going to. Okay. I really think they were going to. I think the play, that they were just play, playing them. But regardless of that, I think that these old these older veterans like Rondo and JaVale McGee, what are they doing? They're not really doing anything either. Like People like to blame... like. Uh, like Kuzma and Josh Hart for like, oh, they need to step up, they need to do better. But okay, what about these older guys? Like, they've been in the league. They've been there, done that. Why can't you – what's wrong? What's going on now? So I do think it's a locker room issue. And you want to know – I, I hate how Magic Johnson and Rob Plinka have gotten no blame and the scapegoat is Luke Walton. Mm-hmm. They basically just 
pulled a grenade and handed it to Luke Walton with all the players they signed this offseason. It was like, here you go, and now it's blowing up on him, and he's getting all the blame. So Luke Walton, I don't like his rotations, but as in the player personnel he's working with, that's not his fault. That's not LeBron's fault. That's the front office upstairs, and they're getting none of the blame. That's true, but I mean, at the end of the day, Luke Walton is the coach, so he should be coaching the players and putting their play- his players in the position, best positions they can to succeed. And right now, not doing so hot. We'll see if the Lakers do make it to the playoffs. So, oh my God, it's gonna be LeBron. Miraculous. LeBron said after All Star break that playoff mode is activated. Oh uh, well, but it's not looking was, like that. Well, he wasn't even playing defense, so yeah, he's been playing real lackadaisical defense. Um, I think he's frustrated. I don't blame him. Because, I mean, it's tough Like when you're one of the best players on the team and you're around surrounded by a team who's not connected. They're not together, and I think that's their problem. And people were like, he was doing this back in Cleveland. But Cleveland's an Eastern Conference, and last year Eastern Conference wasn't like the Eastern Conference this season, and the Western Conference is a whole different ballgame. Yep, it's way more tough in the Western Conference. Yeah, for sure. And I think all of this drama that's been going on with them kind of kills the narrative about Lonzo Ball not being a good player and being a bust because I think they're truly missing him right now even though he's not been shooting like how he was at Chino Hills or at UCLA he is a great defender great passer great rebounder for his position he's overall a great player and I think that's what they are missing is Lonzo Ball and kind of kills the narrative of that Lonzo Ball is a bust. You know, I agree because I was a Lonzo hater myself. And I'm like, you know, he's not that great. Like, he's not. But you're right. Like, he does do all those other things. But, I mean, except for shooting. But now you got guys like Brandon Ingram who's going off right now. Kuzma's been doing good lately as well. Like he's, I think Kuzma's gotten progressively better throughout the, as the season has been going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you throw Lonzo in there, it could be a whole different game, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. LeBron, LeBron, I don't care if you're the greatest player in the world. You got to play your man, bro. You got to play your man. Now, can we talk about, no, still sticking in theme with the NBA. Let's talk about how the, how the refs are doing. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I, I mean, <laughs> so let's just start off, first of all, by DeMarcus Cousins. He got a technical for throwing Jeremy Lamb's shoe off the court so he wouldn't get injured himself. And then after the game, they rescinded that. Like, first of all, why in the first place did they call that? Because it's DeMarcus Cousins, but True. continue. <laughs> yeah, we everybody's got those haters. But, yeah, and then to re- that's what I never understood. And the NFL does this, too. Why take out back a, why take back a call? Like, for what? Like, does it, who does that help? No one. Well, yeah. I, don't, I mean, they took it back, but it really means nothing now besides, mm-hmm. I guess, if DeMarcus gets a bunch of technicals, helps him from suspension. <laughs> which it is DeMarcus Cousins, so you never know. That might help him. But, yeah, I don't. he's throwing his shoe off. It's not like he chucked it in the stands, threw it to a fan. Like, he just threw it off court. And it's because he has a history of Achilles injuries, which he just came off. And if he steps on that, or God forbid someone else steps on that, they roll their ankle, they break their ankle, they t- tear their Achilles. Like, it's not safe. So I, d- I support him and I defend him. What he did was right, and that the refs are—I believe the refs are getting soft. Oh yes, one hundred percent. It's awful. I think the refs are just overall going down. And then ever since they also created their Twitter account, oh it, that's just honestly like I love I, after game just going to see what they're tweeting. I, I actually I loved absolutely loved the idea of them having that Twitter account until I saw what they were actually <laughs> tweeting. One like 
it was getting progressively worse and worse. But once I saw that Bradley Beal tweet saying that he didn't travel when he took five steps and fumbled it, quote unquote, fumbled it under the basket and everything, like I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh yeah, I cannot take this serious. And they have they're verified and everything. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? So my new question is Twitter. Where is my blue check? If they get a blue check, I want a blue check because I speak more truth than they do. Number one, number two. You better give like, the nosebleeds yeah, a blue check. Yeah, we needed a blue check because we know, okay? Now, so now we all agree NBA refs, they need to pick it up. They need to get it together. But at NBA refs, that was a terrible call. Somebody could have gotten hurt and possibly ruined their career. Now, speaking of injuries, let's talk about the in, the injured college basketball player who has gotten the biggest buzz, Zion Williamson. Now, he recently, in the rivalry game against UNC, the first 33 seconds of the game, he tries to make a move at the top of the key, and he busts through his shoe. And then he starts clutching his knee. I remember when I watched it, I was like, oh, my. I thought like he like kind of twisted his ankle because I was like, oh, no, he's done. But he started clutching the back of his knee, and then he started walking again. So I was like, okay, maybe. But it turns out it was just a sprained knee. Now, at the time, he was wearing... The Nike PG 2.5, which is Paul George's shoe with Nike, which is also specific for Duke. So every player was wearing that shoe. And he's going to be day-to-day right now, but he could be as back as early as the end of this week. But he did miss the game against Virginia. Yeah, they were, Duke took on number 20 ranked West, or Virginia Tech. Sorry about that. Um, and they lost. Only the third loss of the season. They- uh the last one being against UNC, where Zion got injured, and then this one where they lost seventy-seven to seventy-two. Um, that, it's kind of weird because, as this, as he had this injury, does that kind of make his draft stock rise? Because it shows how important he is to this Duke basketball team and how much of an impact he makes on this team, translating to the end that could potentially translate to the NBA. Honestly, injury or no injury. When seeing what Duke is without him, he was going to be number one top pick anyway. Yeah, for sure. I think whoever got the first round, first pick was going to get Zion Williamson. Nobody's going to pass him up. I think he is the most hyped NBA prospect since Anthony Davis or even LeBron James, for that matter of fact. He, yeah, he's just hyped. And for, for good reasons. If you haven't seen him play, YouTube highlights, he is phenomenal. I can't believe he's 18. 18 weighing 272 pounds and 6'7". Like... Nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Now, do you now do you think going along with the draft, theme of the draft, is this going to be one of the most stacked drafts in recent history? Oh, I think so. If, if who's going to declare for the draft that we think is going to declare for the draft, yes, I think this is going to be one of the most stacked drafts. I think... Any of the top five players that you pick could potentially be franchise players. And three of the three of them being from Duke, which is Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, and um, Cam Reddish. And then you have John Morant from Murray State, who's been killing it. So they, there's a lot of prospects. I think top ten picks, a lot of upside with them. So Lakers, if you end up in the top ten and not the playoffs... You know, I think like, I think Lakers. If they're gonna trade any, if they're gonna trade anyone, their entire team for someone, if it's not Anthony Davis, it should definitely be Zion Williamson. No one's giving up Zion. Though. It could be just just imagine just Zion and LeBron. That you think that could work? 
Oh man. Ooh, I got the chills just thinking about that. That would be great. Honestly, that would be insane. But the crazy part about the draft and how the draft is turning, which is this was another question with Zion Williamson, is should he be shut down for the rest of the season? Because everybody knows he's the consensus number one pick in the draft, given that his knee injury wasn't that bad. It was just day-to-day knee sprain. Like So given that the injury wasn't that bad, I think he is the consensus number one pick in the draft. With that being said, do you want to risk potentially getting injured again, or do you want to just sit out? He himself has said he's continuing to play with Duke, but a lot of people are saying that he should shut it down, and I agree. I think Nick Bosa who is Joey Bosa's younger brother, played at Ohio State. He he had an injury, and he ended up dropping out and just preparing for the NFL draft, which now people are saying he's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. So is that something that Zion should do as well? Now, I think if you're looking at the facts and the way it's going, yes, he did get hurt. Yes, he definitely should. But at the same time, he's also an 18-year-old kid, one. So two, like he said, he wants to stay with Duke. I mean, college, it's it's an experience, and a lot of NBA players, they've been asking a lot of NBA players, oh, like, do you think what he should do, blah, 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 and then they're saying, well, I mean, yeah, it'd be, you'd be stupid not to if you look at the facts, whatever, but, I mean, college is an experience, and the best time of your life is in college, what everybody says. College is an experience that you don't get paid for. That's true. That's As very an true. Athlete. And with those ticket prices at the Duke-UNC game just to see him. Yeah. So I think... <laughs> to see him for 33 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope they had their cameras and Snapchats out. But um, I think that Zion should sit out the rest of the season and then just go to the draft. I mean, thinking about, okay, let's just say he didn't get hurt. His mind should have been on the draft anyways. So if he didn't get hurt, he'd still be playing. So I think that's his mentality is just to continue his plan that he started with. Because it is a minor knee. It's just just a knee sprain. sprain. So it's not like he tore anything or he twisted anything. I think if it was more of a serious injury, yeah, definitely sit out. Even if he would, there was a chance he could come back this year. Yeah, but given that you are the consensus number one pick in the draft, and the number one pick contracts are becoming way more lucrative. If you look back at 2003 with LeBron James, he was the number one pick in 2003, and he signed a four-year, about $19 million contract. The first pick in the draft now, their contract is four years, $44 million. Last season's number one overall pick, DeAndre Ayton, signed a forty-one over a $41 million deal for four years. And $18.1 million of that was just in his first two years, which is almost as much as LeBron's four-year contract as a rookie. So picks are getting, I mean, contracts are getting more lucrative as a number one pick. So why risk it? No, I agree. I think that he's going to finish out the rest of the season, but he's for sure going to the NBA after this. Now, the NBA has proposed to change the draft eligibility age from 19 to 18. So it was proposed a day after Zion's injury, but they claim it has nothing to do with Zion's injury. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Now, I think this is a great idea because, I mean, like you said, they're going to take a pay cut. He's going to take a pay cut by not going straight into the NBA draft. And just by – I remember the first highlights they had of him in his first game that they televised, like – Holy shit, who is this kid? Who's this man on the court? He's a big boy. And so, yes, like, because with elite players like him, LeBron, Kobe, like, people like that, like, you need them in the NBA ASAP. I love it, but I also hate it. I love it because you get players like Zion Williamson to enter the draft and come in the NBA early. Yes. Mm -hmm. But 
I think this helps maybe two or three athletes in the draft that are like, oh my God, he killed it in high school. He's going to be able to do it at the next level. Like an, a perfect example of someone who didn't was Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Trey Young was the 23rd ranked high school player. And if he declared for the draft, and in a stack draft with players that got drafted like Markel Fultz, who was the consensus number one overall pick, and then Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, who were very highly sought players coming out of college, Trey Young would have been a late round pick. Then he went to Oklahoma, led the led the nation in scoring and assists, became the fifth overall pick. So that's why I think, yes, I love it, but no, I hate it because you may have those players that won't play up to their potential because they may not get playing time because they're drafted so late. So Trey Young may not be the player he is right now. So, I mean, I agree. I see your, I see what you're saying. But this kind of goes towards the same thing, kind of like what the MLB does. I know it's a different kind of system because they have minors and everything. But the players themselves and their coaches have to decide, okay, could I get better in a year? Or is this kind of like my cap and I need to go in right now? So with that, I think, yeah, it'll help people, players like those. But, I mean, for players – who, I mean, maybe those players who think, oh, well, I should be in the NBA. Well, then they'll get shot down real quick. But, but the thing, the great thing about the NBA now is that the G League is a lot safer than what it used to be a couple of years ago. And it's it's going up a lot. Exactly. There's a lot of good talent in the G League right now. Exactly. And it's teams are bringing up players from the G League a lot quicker now. So it's now, but back then you'd play in the G League and you essentially get stuck in the G League. Example, Andre Ingram. Now you have players like Jerome Robinson for the LA Clippers who's coming up and is getting a shot. So I think the G League is a lot safer now than it was before, which kind of helps these prospects that if this rule was to change and they end up declaring for the draft, go to the G League, like they still have hope. Yeah, and then it would also mean that the G League could get better. Yeah, and I think this would be a huge slap in the face for the NCAA. Oh, yeah. Huge slap for NCAA basketball. Which we want to happen because they're crooked. Yeah, well, I want it to happen because they need to pay their athletes. So this way, if athletes are financially unstable, you know, their family or whatever, they're going to be like, you know, this is my shot to go to the NBA. I need to pay the bills at home. I need to help out the family and stuff like that. Whereas if they were to go to NCAA, the NCAA would get a lot more attention around them. Mm -hmm. Like Zion, let's let's say Zion had to help out the family with bills. He declared for the draft. There'd be no Zion in the NCAA. Everybody's just NBA. Mm -hmm. And what people don't understand is that these college players, oh, yeah, no, you get paid because you get free tuition. Um, Okay, well, what about all the other stuff you have to pay for to live most normally in another state from where you're not from? You have to pay for food. You have to pay for clothing and, like, toothpaste all the way down to your moisturizer. And players don't get paid for that. I mean, it's and typically if a family has like, you know, some money, they can send their kids off while they're away so they can buy those things for themselves. Then usually that works out. But for really low income families, it's not going to work out. And what if they don't even have families? So that's why if players did get paid at the NCAA, I think we'd see a serious increase in talent, honestly. But yeah, the NCAA is just raking in on these poor college kids. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hang tight. Then I thought, well, maybe the horse would run away and throw me into a barbed wire fence, and Rose would have to let me off then, too. Or maybe a water moccasin would climb up in the buggy and fang me. Or, but nothing like that happened. A fella never gets lucky that way. Not when he really needs to. Oh, 
Hello. I didn't hear you come in. Did you know that the average person spends more than a year and a half of their life trying to find something to listen to on the radio? Isn't that terrible? But luckily for you, you're above average. And so the good men and women of Cal State Fullerton Titan Radio have teamed up with me, Ted Hornick, for every Saturday afternoon's Be Here How, Dog Pig Rat, a collection of underfunded, unforgettable, and as of yet undiscovered tunes. Saturdays at 4, only on Cal State Fullerton Titan Radio. Ernst, pink lemonade for me. All right, now switching gears to baseball. Baseball's back, baby. Yep. So let's talk about, I want to talk about Bryce Harper. We're going to talk about that in the end because I'm frankly very annoyed with his situation. (laughs) So let's begin with Nolan Arenado, his new contract, sticking with the Rockies, eight-year, $260 million. Good for him, honestly. Money, 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 money. Yeah, and then so, and so with that and with, Manny Machado, who recently got the $300 million 10-year contract with the Padres, which, well, I don't even know why he did it. He must really like that California weather. <laughs> but what does this mean for Nolan Arenado and the Rockies? Well, I don't know who wouldn't want to play in the Rocky Mountain Highs because the air over there, you get some dingers. You hit some bombs over there. So I don't. it was a no-brainer to stay with the Rockies, um, and the Rockies got a good one. I think – there's a narrative about him, you know, if he was on another team, if he wouldn't have so many home games in Colorado, he wouldn't be as good. He wouldn't hit as many home runs. But Nolan Arnato's a hell of a player, and the Rockies got a good one. Yeah, and then you could even say the same thing for, like, like people who play at the Do- Dodger Stadium. They always say it's the worst stadium to try to hit home runs at because, of, because it's high on a hill and the humidity and everything. It, like, you have to hit the ball really, really hard. So you could say that about every Dodgers player if you wanted to. And actually, Matt Kemp said that it's going to be easier to hit home runs now that he's in Cincinnati. So speaking of the Dodgers and Bryce Harper, the Dodgers have re-entered the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. Who's going to get him now? We don't really know because the Giants had their second meeting today and sources say that they agreed um, They agreed about having a 10-year contract. Now, the Dodgers wanted Harper initially, but they only wanted to sign him, sign him short-term because, they've. I mean, they're already stacked. So, but, but Harper really wants to go to the Dodgers, so I think Harper's trying to play everybody, so the Dodgers really want him. But even if that happens, which is what he's obviously trying to do, I still don't think he's going to get what he wants with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers aren't really going to push and shove because, I mean, okay, Bryce Harper, yeah, sure, but look who they have. Yeah, but it's Bryce Harper at the end of the day, too. I think uh, I, I would like to see him on the Dodgers. Maybe get him over that hump and actually win a World Series. What's going to get the Dodgers over the hump in the World Series is pitching and Kershaw not choking it in the playoffs because he chokes it every year in the playoffs. This is Kers- true. Yeah, Kershaw's only good for regular season for the Dodgers. Man, I got to feel bad for the Phillies, though. They're just like, they're <laughs> waiting Harper. Come on. How much do how much you want us to offer you? Come oh on, come on, come on. It's like. We got Meek Mill. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Phillies are like that one guy that's always, that's stuck in the friend zone. And the Dodgers is who Bryce Harper really wants, but he just keeps going back to the Phillies. Like, okay, you know, maybe, you know, teasing the idea something could happen. Oh, no, wait, the Dodgers want me. It's like. That just changed my whole perspective about Bryce Harper. I hate him. just kidding so it looks like we strung a chord there for kush we'll be back while he cries a little bit i'm totally kidding so now oh yeah obviously i think this whole situation is so annoying because bright it's just like pick a team already 
And you obviously, do you think these teams are really going to push and shove? And he's losing practice time. Now moving on to other MLB news. The MLB has told the Players Union that it is going to be postponing implementing a 20-second pitch clock until the year 2022. How does that make you feel, Kush? This pitch clock is the perfect, like spring training is the perfect time to test out this pitch clock and see mm-hmm. how it works. Because there's not a lot of fans in the stadium that go watch these games. So it's like, if it doesn't work, you don't have a lot of paying fans that you're like, oh shit. Um, but no, yeah, I, 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 I like the rule a lot. I think it speeds up the game. And that I think that's the number one criticism about baseball is how slow paced the game is. So adding this pitch clock, I mean, and some people love it. That's why it's called America's greatest pastime, right? Yep. No, I agree with you. I think the time to test it out would be at spring training. That's a very good idea. You should call the commissioner. Maybe he'll take it for next year or maybe by the end of spring training. Or maybe I should just be the commissioner. If you're the commissioner... I'm going to need my own box seat in every MLB stadium. Cool. New phone, who dis? Wow. <laughs> so it's like that. Just kidding. No, but I totally agree. Um, I think that it would be – I think I think it could be a good idea. Yes, like, I mean, baseball, I grew up playing softball so and watching baseball, so to me, baseball is not boring. It can get boring, you know, if you're watching at home, but I think that uh, by implementing this, it's going to limit a lot of um, the pickoffs too which is also another great part about baseball. So that I think that's why they're kind of pushing it back to see. But maybe in the year 2022, when they decide to reopen the idea, they will try it in spring training. And hopefully, because she's a commissioner, and he won't ignore my phone calls. One one team that, or sorry, one league that needs a new commissioner Oh, the NFL. Oh, sweetie. We've been needing Roger Goodell. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> like Roger Bat. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's my co host for y'all. <laughs> this is what uh, I have to work with every single day. Anyway. So I mean speaking of crooked people in the NFL, um, Robert Kraft. Jesus. That's so disgusting. Dash nasty. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the very least, so I'm surprised he's getting some sort of punishment. I mean, he's definitely was never going to get jail time. I mean, he's Robert Kraft. He owns the Patriots. Like, that's not going to happen. But at least something's happening for him. Do you think his son's going to take over? Do you think he's going to step down? All I know is that I'm not eating Kraft mac and cheese anymore. <laughs> and you thought my joke was lame? I couldn't even pity laugh on that one, man. Robert Kraft and Nick Foles. Speaking of Nick Foles. Big Dick Nick. Speaking of Big Dick Nick. Nick Foles, the Eagles announced that they are not franchise tagging him, which means he will be a free agent in this offseason, which is big news for all the teams out there that need a quarterback, which is a good amount of uh, teams. Cough, cough, Jaguars. Well, I think he'd be a great asset for the New York Giants. Ooh. Ooh, 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 Giants. Yeah, I think they do need that because... Same division, too. They need a quarterback. Somebody needs to throw the ball to OBJ. OBJ, and you got to say quads. But I personally like the Jacksonville Jaguars a lot more. They have a way better defense. And honestly, all they're lacking is a quarterback. They have a young offensive line. Um, Wide receiving group could need a little work, but they're getting Marquise Lee back. Mm -hmm. Um, They have D.D. Westbrook, who stepped up this offseason. And Leonard Fournette, if he's healthy, he is a top running back in the league. Yeah. Um, there, there's been reports that the Jaguars are and and the Giants are both looking 
somewhere towards the draft to pick up a quarterback. You know, there's uh, Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, and Kyler Murray. Speaking of Kyler Murray, it's interesting that you just mentioned him right now. He has officially decided to play in the NFL. Ah, man. I love it. I love I it a too. lot. I love mobile quarterbacks, honestly. They're fun to watch. Um, but he's 5'8". That is short for a quarterback. That's why I think, yeah, it's going to be really tough for him. Because, but, I mean, there are players in the NFL who are, you know, 5'10", actually. Maybe some are 5'9", but Drew Brees they're is not quarterback. Drew Brees is 6'0". Yeah, they're Will, not Russell Wilson is 5'10", 5'11", mm-hmm. on a he's good 5'11". day. 5'11". Yeah. So, I mean, there have been successful shorter quarterbacks, but 5'8", like, it's shit, put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's settle down. But, no, I think I think that it is going to be a high issue because he has to see over the linemen. But, like you said, he's going to be – he's very – he's a mobile player. He's, but the, cra- the crazy stat is is that he is a mobile player, but he threw 75% out of the pocket at Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has big offensive linemen, too. So I think he can make that adjustment to the league. Um, but do, yeah. you, do you think that he was had to throw it out of the pocket so he, could, he had to run out of the way of the linemen to see? <laughs> All right, now you're just being plain all rude. <laughs> leave no, my, I'm kidding. No, I think – listen, I think that with this day and age now, the way athletes can prepare their bodies, the way they're training nowadays, you can be that short and be very successful in the professional leagues. It's – I mean, you see, like, with these kids, my brother's playing football right now. They have an actual school where he, this is what, this is his school, quote unquote. He sits in a classroom for one hour, does a little bit of homework. Then he goes and trains for six hours. Trains on what, depending on, there's lots of kids who go from, who play different sports in that facility. And they just train. He, he started when he was 13 years old. Yeah. That's- like, athletes preparing themselves for that age destined are destined to try to make it into the league. The only thing stopping them is injuries. Yeah, that's a new trend that's happening. Like, you look at IMG Academy, all mm-hmm. those different big-name schools. That is a trend. Um, and with technology, too, being able to observe how your body is, how your body reacts to certain things. That's why players are so much better now because they, we ha- grew up with this technology. Well, not us because we're doing this podcast, obviously, or else we, we're not pro. But yeah, I think I think that is possible, and I'm I'm honestly really happy that he did choose to play in the NFL because he's gonna be a big ticket that everyone I'm exci- wants. I'm excited to see him in the combine, see how he plays his yeah. forty yard dash, all that stuff, mm-hmm. which the combine has started. Yep, I'm excited about that. Really excited. Combines. A lot of people don't like aren't that energetic about the combine, but it's one of my favorites. But combine stats do not say everything. I will put that out there. Oh, for sure. It's one thing to see how fast a guy can run straight. Okay, but you gotta be able to run that fast while trying to avoid other players tackling you and making sure you run your routes that quickly. Like it's but it is good to see kind of like the capability of a player and it's def I'm sure the coaches love it. I'm sure owners love it. Speaking of fast players, John Ross. The man who broke the 40-yard dash record, running 4-2-2. He has been put on the trade block by the Cincinnati Bengals, who took him ninth overall two years ago. And what's funny is I could say, oh, he has an island waiting for him, but he didn't wear Adidas. And for you guys that are not didn't know about the story, is Adidas, that NFL combine, said anyone wearing specific Adidas shoes, if they break the 40-yard record, which is a 4-2-4, and John Ross broke it, would win an island. And John Ross wore Nikes. Well, maybe it's because he wore Nikes. 
that. But yeah, he did miss out on an island. Um, but I I think he'd be. There's a lot of teams I would like John Rock. His only problem with him is he's in injury prone. Mm-hmm. Injury prone, and when you're that fast and you're that injury prone, like don't have that much stuff else going on for you. Yeah, I mean you can't blame the Bengals for being disappointed. I mean they're getting this guy and then he just gets hurt and then they're just they just paid for someone to kind of cheer them on. They don't even pay their cheerleaders to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> man, I really wanted to see him succeed in Cincinnati. AJ Green on one side and John Ross on the other side, speedster. And then Andy Dalton, who's probably going to be on the move too. I don't see him staying there. Now, I think he'd be good on the Bucks. Mm. So now the Bucks would have to give give up their sixth round pick, but I think it would be a great addition for them. Sixth round for John Ross is not bad at all. I don't think so either. And I think, you know, kind of like getting that fresh start, new team for him. That, that's a low-risk, high-reward mm-hmm. move right there for them. And he has Deshaun Jackson, one of the best speedster running, or excuse me, wide receivers to ever play the game. So kind of having a mentor like Deshaun Jackson over there in Tampa Bay, that would be nice. Yeah, and for the Bucks, it kind of spreads the field, so now they have more options. Famous Jameis has more options now mm-hmm. instead of crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so now what about the Raiders? They're claiming that Derek Carr is a franchise QB. I can't stand the Raiders. <laughs> I cannot stand the Raiders. Who do they think they are, first of all? Shit, they're acting like the Vegas Raiders now. Well, that's who they are. They're brand new, baby. All glitz and glam. Yeah, they bra- say franchise tag. It's a franchise tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Derek Carr had a good season where he almost won MVP and then he got injured. Um, but other than that, Derek Carr has not done a lot. Mm. I don't like his fit with John Gruden. That team is just crumbling apart. I don't know what front office and John Gruden are doing, but that team is just crumbling apart. Raider fans, you guys have a lot of patience, um, so hats off to you. You guys are going to need to be a little more patient until the move to Vegas because I think that change of scenery will help them out. But for now, I think they've been trying everything they can to help them out, but they're just the Raiders. What are you going to do? Speaking of what are you going to do, two Dallas Cowboys players, Randy Gregory and David Irving, have been suspended for drug substance abuse. Now, David Irving I feel a little less sorry for because he's got baby mama drama and he's been avoiding his drug tests, straight up avoiding them. So then they just put him on suspension. Now, Randy Gregory, this is his seventh time not passing. <laughs> Jerry and Jones. Jerry on. Jones got that good stuff. That's why it's, it's hard when you got that good stuff. Just kidding. I don't do that. Stay in school, kids. Um, <laughs> but David Irving, he, he's going to be a free agent by the end of this year, and I don't see the Cowboys re-signing him. So, I mean, whatever's going on with this baby mama drama, with the substance drama, um, he if, can handle that in the offseason on no team. If the Cowboys couldn't even deal with Des Bryant's, quote-unquote drama, then they're definitely not going to put up with David Irving's real-life drama. Mm-mm. But the Cowboys are standing by Randy Gregory saying, oh, no, well, he's going to be fine, whatever. Well, I sure hope so. They need him. Yeah, Randy Gregory had a hell of a season. That that whole defensive line had a hell of a season, and especially oh, the- with linebackers behind them, with uh, Leighton Vander Esk and Jalen Smith, Sean Lee's Sean Lee. He's old. 
Yeah, I but, mean, he was just injured. Yeah, but well, he's getting old. I think I think the the Cowboys are either going to release him. He's just never playing because he's always hurt. But then they put in Van Der Esch and look at him. Exactly. He's like the fresh, young, young new star. There. Exactly. Yeah. But they also have Demarcus Lawrence who killed it this season with randy gregory and demarcus lawrence that was pretty much and van der Esch, that was the reason why the cowboys would win most of their games as a defense because i mean dak prescott wasn't throwing many and the raiders yeah the raiders they gave the cowboys amari cooper oh yeah i think that's the only reason why they even went to a playoff game i'm curious to see what they do in the offseason with all these off-field drama and all that jerry jones get your shit together Jerry Jones has been needing to do this for a long time. I've never seen the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, and I am turning 22 this year. That's a long time. And they're supposed to be America's team? Question that doesn't mark? go to the Super Bowl? Question mark? Exclamation point? I mean, I guess they could be America's team, because when they lose, America's happy. Listen, I think America's happier when the when the Patriots lose, and I think everybody's gonna throw a party once Tom Brady retires, because then everyone else can. I need somebody else can try to win the Super is Bowl. Is he gonna retire? Oh, I mean, no. the way he's playing right now, it's ridiculous. I mean, he is getting old though. For sure, but it's like fine wine. That's Feels true. like he's getting better as he ages. Um, it's insane. As long as you put weapons around him, shit. He didn't even have like yeah, Julian he, Edelman, Gronk. Who was injured most of the season? They did. They did show up, up in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean the Patriots have always had a pretty strong line. Though Tom Brady's hardly ever on the floor, and he and it's not like oh he's he's a mobile quarterback. He moves around a lot. I mean he does, but not that mobile. But but that's what the Patriots organization can do is when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, you don't have to worry about that quarterback position because that's supposed to be the greatest position or the field general of the offense. So they can focus on buffing up their offensive line, tight ends. Wide receivers, running back, which they have God knows how many starting running backs on their roster. Man, all I know is they're going to be pushing out Tom Brady on a wheelchair and just have him th- sit back and throw passes. Well, you guys, that is all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We are going to be bringing them to you every week on every podcast network like Spotify, iTunes, that's the only two I know. You can catch us on Titan Radio on Thursdays from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. If you can't do that, then you can catch us on our Spotify. What's our name again, Brandy? K-N-O-W-S Bleeds. That's the nose bleeds because we know, but we sit up in the nosebleeds. And we will see y'all next time. Deuces. Deuces.